You're listening to Scaling Up Services, where we speak with entrepreneurs, authors, business experts, and thought leaders to give you the knowledge and insights you need to scale your service-based business faster and easier. And now, here is your host, business coach, Bruce Eckfeld. Are you a CEO looking to scale your company faster and easier? Check out Thrive Roundtable. Thrive combines a moderated peer group mastermind, expert one-on-one coaching, access to proven growth tools, and a 24-7 support community. Created by Inc. award-winning CEO and certified scaling-up business coach Bruce Eckfeldt, Thrive will help you grow your business more quickly and with less drama. For details on the program, visit Eckfeldt.com slash Thrive. That's E-C-K-F-E-L-D-T dot com slash Thrive. Welcome, everyone. This is Scaling Up Services. I'm Bruce Eckfeldt. I'm your host. And our guest today is Anna Sherbina. She is founder and CEO of Remotivate. And we're going to talk to her about the work that she does helping companies find talent in this kind of world that we're in now. We're kind of, you know, in COVID recovery, I guess I would say. And, uh, you know, teams, companies are really looking at their teams and and how to bring in the right people and this kind of new world that we're in in terms of uh, workplace and work from home, I think are really causing companies to rethink how they're structuring their teams, where they're finding talent. Uh, and I think there's a lot of opportunities and a lot of interesting strategies going on there in terms of how companies are uh, sort of tackling their talent strategy and uh, finding the right talent in the world. Anna has some really interesting thoughts and has worked with a lot of companies in helping them find the right talent in the right ways. And she's got some interesting approaches and technology and strategies and services that she uses. So I'm excited for this conversation. I think it's a really interesting one and it's a really timely one for, for where we are in the world right now. With that, Anna, welcome to the program. Thanks so much for having me, Bruce. Happy to be here. Yeah, it's a pleasure. So before we kind of get into what you're doing today with Remotivate, let's talk a little bit about your background and you know professionally, and then how you got into Remotivate and the work that you're doing now. What's the story? Give us a, give us a little bit of the journey that you've been on. Well, it's actually been quite the journey. My background for the last nine years has been in operations and recruitment. I actually started by sending people all over the world. And just recently, I realized I've never hired anyone for an in-office position. It was quite the it was quite the realization. My entire life, I have been hiring people remotely, and then in the last three four years, it turned into more helping businesses with remote staff specifically. But I've mm-hmm. literally never done in-office recruitment, which is quite interesting because most people yeah. are just starting that journey. So I've been doing operations and recruitment. I started actually in Ukraine originally, and then it turned into more online businesses, helping all kinds of online businesses, service businesses with operations and recruitment. And what happened is that actually, once I started traveling and meeting all these different entrepreneurs, there was this popular question around, oh, can you help with recruitment? Do you know how to hire remotely? And Mm -hmm. since that's all that I've ever done, I was like, yeah, for sure, happy to help. And it kind of, Bruce, honestly, just snowballed into people asking more and more. It's like, oh, Anna knows how to do remote recruitment. Anna knows how to do this. Oh, you need someone in Thailand or Europe or Latin America. And I'm like, I got to the point where it was very overwhelming because I clearly have gone beyond just working with a company. It turned into, oh, the business found me. So when a lot of people mm-hmm. ask, how did you start the business? I'm like, I didn't set out to actually <laughs> start a business. This business literally found me. And it just got to the point where I had so many people asking for my help. I literally just went, registered the business and grew a team. And here we are today. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I, I talked to a lot of entrepreneurs who kind of find that it was kind of 
accidental <laughs> you know, that they started their business. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess when was the moment? I mean, I guess when when did you kind of realize or you kind of make a conscious decision to say, hey, look, I, I really need to think about this as a business and how did that change things for you? Yeah. And as I mentioned, this was about two, two and a half years ago. And the breaking point was where so many people just kept asking around help with this. And I realized, wow, like this is something that is a very up and coming market. I actually did a ton of research. I thought this was something that was popular. I thought that this was something that you could easily get help with. There's so many recruiters out there. But yeah. once I started looking and doing research, like even today, and this is going to be very surprising, but if you do a little bit of research, if you look up recruitment companies that do specifically remote recruitment or hiring remote staff, there is pretty much no one that specializes in it, which was quite curious when I was doing that research a couple years ago and thinking about actually starting a business and going more from as an independent kind of work, as an independent freelancer contractor doing it like as a consultant and moving into a business. I did a bit of research and I realized, wow, like there's really no one doing this. This is why people are coming and asking. People use job boards. We know that this is a very popular thing, Upwork, remote job boards, but there's not really any agencies out there that specialize with remote hiring. And I think that's why it was such a unique start. And then obviously when COVID hit, it was like, wow, I am definitely in the right time and space. And I just got into it by accident, absolutely. But it turned out to be a very good and popular space to be in and something that's very needed right now with a lot of businesses that even didn't expect to go to remote. Yeah. I'm curious. So when you started to build out your team, do you use remote people? (laughs) Uh, I mean, I do what I preach. (laughs) I definitely stand by what I preach. I mean, we've got people from the Bahamas, Canada, all over Europe. We've considered even bringing some people uh, from South Africa. We were interviewing Mm -hmm. people from there as well. Our team is very, very diverse from different cultures. And we love it because that's exactly what we do. And we want to make sure we stand by what we do because otherwise... be a little bit strange if like everybody was in an (laughs) office sitting in like one country and we're like yeah we're gonna help you hire remote staff (laughs) yeah no it's it's um kind of eat your own dog food kind of uh, approach um so i guess who do you typically work with i mean obviously there's lots of potential applications for you know finding remote talent and bringing together remote teams but where have you found your kind of market who is your core customer in this world there's a few things here. Mostly I work with online businesses and that's where I really started uh, service providers, things like that. But it kind of grew, especially in the last year or so when it came to a lot of businesses that started moving into the remote space or even considering even brick and mortar businesses considering to bring on remote staff. Like for example, a VA, you can have a VA anywhere in the world. And people started realizing that even if they do have a brick and mortar business or they can partially go remote, it's a great idea to start hiring remote staff because you have the opportunity of hiring absolutely internationally. All of a sudden, you have this pool of candidates that's not just from one city or one even country. You've got like 194 plus countries to choose from, and that's an incredible opportunity. You just find incredible people. So it started with online businesses and service providers, but it has grown so much uh, in the last year, year and a half. Yeah. Any particular industries that have been most kind of fun or, you know, curious to work with recently as the world's change? I think the most popular one and just the one that I've really enjoyed as well is bit have been marketing agencies, being mm-hmm. completely honest, just because they're the ones that they're service providers. They grow so quickly. As they grow, they need more people. It's just always a correlation between, you know, the services, the more services, the more clients that they have and the more that they are providing, the bigger the team needs to be. And it is such an incredible experience being part of their journey, being able to build out their leadership 
leadership, the leaders, then I would, then we work with the leaders that we brought on to those companies to help them get like managers and other people in place. So that has been super fun when it comes to those type of businesses and working with them. Yeah. And typically are you doing full-time, you know, full-time folks, part-time folks, project-based? What's the model or or the the type of engagement or, or type of kind of employee relationship that you that you yeah. focus on? So we actually do quite a, a lot of different things. I'd say we focus on full-time, but really the goal is long-term staff. Because, you know, obviously in our world, people are, are signing, it's still signing like freelance contract or contractor agreements and things like that. But the mm-hmm. mindset is to bring on people long-term, whether that's part-time or full-time. The idea is our system, the process that we have built that helps companies, it's for getting people for the long-term that's like, okay, you're starting a business or you're in that scaling phase and you need someone who's going to be there for the long-term and that's where what we do best is finding people that will stick around that align in terms of the mode in terms of the motivations because in this constant moving world especially in the online space it's really hard to find people who will stick around for the long term that are not going to just jump from company to company to company get what they need and move on and so that's what we really bring to the table helping find those long-term fits and I guess in terms of uh, sort of the engagement process, are you these folks that are going to engage directly with your clients or do they engage through you? Are you like, how, how does the kind of the, the, the structure work, paying them, those kind of things? How, how do you set things up? Yeah, I mean, it's super straightforward. We uh, we represent the companies. So even when we're doing job posts, we're posting on behalf of our clients. It's their name. It's their business. It's We're putting everything together, but it's really we're representing them. And the, the process is it's a done for you service. We're doing the sourcing, the the filtering candidates, the interviews. But at the end of the day, it's up to the client to pick their absolute favorite, even though we're helping them and guiding them. It is their choice. We have usually our top like two, three picks and we are guiding them through the process, but it's not, they're not hiring through us. It's just, they will be hiring directly. So as soon as they like a candidate, they're like, okay, Anna, we're going to move forward. And we just help with the communication. So whether that is us reaching out to the candidate saying, hey, congratulations, here's the final details. Let's just like kind of hash this out or the client does that, whatever the preference is, we just help as much as possible. And the same thing goes with payment. So they're signing with the uh, client directly, with the business directly. They're signing the agreement, all the different terms, what the policies are uh, within the company and their salary, all of that. We just help with the communication and negotiations along the way. Got it. So they're employees of the company. You're not Absolutely. You're not a subcontractor yeah. to no, them. Not at all. Got it. And you know, for companies that are considering this kind of model or look at looking for talent and are, are looking to explore kind of remote talent, what are some of the big questions or things that you kind of ask your clients as they start to engage you to help them kind of figure out, hey, should I really do this at all? If I should do this, what should I really be focused on? You know, what type of people, you know, if there are various countries or things that I should be focused on or and it, it's going global seems a little daunting. <laughs> and how do you winnow, winnow this down into an area of focus that you can actually start finding some candidates around? This is actually one of my favorite favorite bits of recruitment. And that's something we call the vision, the vision of a role. And I think that's really where we come in and what we do great and what we really help with, with a lot of entrepreneurs we work with, they come in and they're like, okay, we have this problem. I need help. (laughs) Right. So it's like, we want to do Facebook ads. Now what, Anna? Like, what is it? What are we going to call it? How are we going to do this? Where are we going to find these people? What's the salary expectation? And that's really when we just have a conversation, honest conversation, sitting down. It's like, okay, what are the short term goals for this position? What are the long term goals? What's the time zone? That's a really big one as well. It's like, what time zone will this person be working on? What's the salary kind of range that you have available? And then we obviously have these discussions. But I always say that vision piece is such a huge part of it because at the end of the day, it's really listening to the client 
client, figuring out what they need, and then seeing, okay, based on what you said, we actually can help you hire from Latin America, for example. So as an example, we've had people come in and say, okay, well, we need people in the Eastern time zone, the central time zone, but we can't afford to pay, you know, $5,000 a month for this type of position. What would you suggest? And Latin America and the Caribbean have been amazing in terms of finding great people, but obviously a little bit on the lower side of salary. It's definitely helpful for startups and companies that need a little bit more support in that sense. So it's just really figuring out what the needs of that business service provider, what are really those needs that they have? And then us coming in and saying, okay, here are the options. Here's what we can do. So we take away the scary bit is what I'm saying, Bruce. We we take away the scary bit and saying like, just tell me what you need and then we'll bounce ideas back and forth and I'll tell you, here's maybe what you don't have that full information, but I'll give you that information of where we can actually hire from, what are the salaries, what kind of approach are we going to take to even naming the position, which is a whole brainstorming session on its own as well. Well, I can imagine there's, I mean, it seems like there's a bunch of kind of logistical issues. I mean, you mentioned time zone and and all that stuff, but then there's also these cultural issues. I mean, you know, I certainly have found is... You know, working with people from different countries, you know, we'll have sort of different cultural contexts that you operate within. What are some of the ways you help companies navigate the kind of that cultural fit, value fit side of things? Now, there's two parts to this. I think the first part is a lot of people who have already had experience in the remote space have a very similar cultural mindset. That is actually one of the reasons why we're, when we do hire, we're very specific and on the requirement that the person has to have some background with remote remote work. And it definitely makes a difference because if the candidate has experience working online, that kind of culture of online work, like that globalization has already happened. And so even if you hire somebody from Argentina, the Philippines, Ukraine, Russia, South Africa, if they've worked online for online businesses, there's kind of a common culture and common practices, common structure that's used. And so it's not that big of a difference. A lot of these candidates already understand that mindset. So that's that first piece. And then that's the second piece is always the soft skills. So at the end of the day, you're looking for somebody And as an example, right, you're looking for someone who's intelligent, loyal, committed, motivations even align with where you're looking to go. And for us, something that we really do is figure out what those soft skills are and then integrate that in our process. Because, and a lot of companies do that as well. They have different tests, different type of personality tests. And at the end of the day, it's really about making sure that you figure out how to test for those soft skills. But at the end of the day, a great, hardworking, committed candidate, no matter what country they're from, it's going to be pretty straightforward as long as they have the right communication skills and you test for those communication skills the rest honestly is going to be pretty straightforward yeah can you give us some examples of some of these soft skills that you test for how you test for them so as an example we'll have questions around how they deal with stressful situations so for example they have to be able to handle multiple clients handle stressful situations my one of my favorite is for example feedback how receptive are they with feedback that's actually a great example because i can give some specifics here so in our questionnaire we'll actually have questions somewhat related to it, but it's not going to be as direct. So for example, you made a mistake, you clearly didn't meet a deadline, or you clearly there was a disagreement. How do you handle the situation? What happens? Describe like a situation that you've been through. And we really, we try to read between the lines. What is the candidate really telling us in that question? How are they responding? How do they deal with it? And we're looking out for those little tells on, are they being defensive? Do they take responsibility? Did they bring ideas to the table? Did they show initiative? And so 
we'll have these questions where it's not exactly direct in terms of what we're asking, yeah. but it really brings out how well they are receptive to feedback. The same thing goes in their video, in their interview. So when I'm doing interviews, for example, with candidates, I'm really looking at, okay, how are they receptive to feedback? If, for example, if they're not answering a question, I actually repeat myself like two, three times some, sometimes, and I see how do they react? Are they getting defensive? Uh -huh. Are they actually being more open and laughing and saying, you're right, I totally didn't answer their question, let me do that again. So we're watching out for these red flags, and I always say uh, within my team, we're detectives. So put on your detective yeah. hat and really watch out for those things, which is why I say that vision piece Definitely identify your top three, five skills and then be able to integrate that in the different steps of the process. And then whoever on your team is actually handling that, that process, make sure they're using that detective hat, make sure they're looking and watching out for those top ability soft skills that you, you need from those candidates and watching out for the red flags, whether there might be some misalignment. Cause I mean, I've had some defensive candidates, honestly, if I yeah. asked a question like to, for example, like a second time or a third time, they're just getting angry they're getting frustrated. They're just like, mm -hmm. why are you repeating this? So <laughs> watching out for that, but it's true. Watching out for oh, that yeah. from the very beginning is going to tell you so much about the candidate down the road. Uh, so I'm curious. So you do this with the candidates. Do you have to do this with clients as well and, and helping sort of as, do your own assessment? Is this client going to be successful in this process? We've had different approaches to this. I, I take it a case by case basis. Sometimes it's about... Honestly, something that we have to understand if this is going to be a successful hire is understanding if there is a good culture in place, if there's a healthy environment, because if there is not a healthy environment or the team is really small, this is the first hire, whatever it may be there's a higher probability that it might not work out. Nobody's going to be a good yeah. culture fit, so to speak. I mean, let's be honest, sometimes it happens. And so there are different different approaches that I have. So I might do one or two calls with the client before we even get into uh, any agreements. I might have an interview with one of the like one of the team members. Actually, this just helps us understand the culture better. So we're, we definitely get our detective hat on even when it comes to some of the clients. And if I do see red flags, I'm just really honest and about it. It's like, okay, how do you manage this candidate? Let's say we bring this person on. How will you manage this person? What yeah. will be, what are the expectations? How will you measure success? What's that going to look like? And being able to really push and challenge the clients actually goes a long way and is, has been very, very effective. Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, you don't want to have unsuccessful situations, right? It's, Absolutely. Um, you know, if, you, if you see challenges on the client side, you want to address them up front. Let's talk about just kind of the remote work model a little bit. I mean, when you start working with clients, what are some of the things you're looking for in terms of just infrastructure setup, technology, help advising them or help them be successful once they have you know a good quality candidate or a good quality um, you know employee in place what are some of the tools technology processes procedures that you recommend they do to successfully work in this remote model well as I mentioned at the very beginning a lot of my clients are already in the online space or have already been in there sometime or have hired in the past and I've had situations but this comes up a little bit more rare but if it is a first hire we just have those conversations. And it comes to the point, even with some clients where I come in, I do some, uh, yeah, I consult. So yeah. we talk about some processes we talk about. So just as an example, I had a client who's like, how am I going to organize everything? What's the, like, is there any project system, project management system I should be using? And for example, one of my favorites is Notion. Actually, I, I'm obsessed with Notion. I've been obsessed oh, with them yeah. for like two years. It's so good. 
and I just come in and sometimes I help set some things up. Sometimes I provide some videos. I just honestly, I try to be there for my clients as much as they need it in terms of the support, because some need a lot of handholding and, and just a lot of support and just walking them through the different steps, which is completely fine because everybody has different support needs. Whereas others are like, Anna, here are the requirements. Just find me the person and then yeah. we'll talk in a month. And so it's really just listening. I mean, you'd agree, Bruce, right? It's just like oh, it, yeah. when it comes to being a service provider, it's just about listening to the clients, understanding what they need, how much of your support is needed, and then figuring out what's missing. Something that actually has been really, really helpful and a game changer. Instead of trying to take it on myself or my team to help guide the clients, we'd actually bring on the person that has those missing pieces. And I always say that find complementary yeah. uh, candidates with complementary skill sets. So if you don't have a candidates with complementary skill sets, so if you don't have any systems ops manager that will have experience building that out, will be able to give you advice, will be able to guide you. And that's where I think the magic truly happens when the client, when the entrepreneur, business owner, whether they're just starting out or not, but they're able to really, yeah, they're able to just trust the process and bring on somebody that's going to complement their skill set and bring on what's missing, so to speak. Yeah. I always sort of find that if you if you can surround yourself with people that complement your, you Absolutely. know, strengths and weaknesses and round that out, that, that's gonna be the best team. And, and it's sometimes hard, I think, for people because they they wanna if, if they know feel everything? like they know more well, yeah, they wouldn't know anything, but it's a control, right? They they feel like, well, then of I can course. control the situation. And it's hard when when you're bringing someone in that actually knows a lot more about something than you do. It's like, uh, okay, like you kinda you have to trust them, right? And you, you have sure. to let them kind of do things. And, it's your baby, so, right? Like your business is your yeah. baby. Even I struggle with this, and it's funny because mm-hmm. my background's in operations and I've, I've done so many, I've been in so many operation positions, but then I thought, okay, as a business owner, it's going to be different, you know, but <laughs> no, no, it does not. It, it is hard. It is hard to delegate, even though you oh, know yeah. this, even though you I've preached it to so many entrepreneurs that oh, I've worked with gosh. and clients that I've worked with. It's so hard to delegate. It's so hard to let go and just trust. But at the end of the day, when I've done it, like consciously like, okay, Anna, let it go, mm-hmm. you know? It has changed the game. It has created so much more efficiency. And then when team members know that you trust them and you really put this responsibility on their shoulders, there is something that truly comes out. Some people obviously shut down in those situations and you see that, you know, their true colors, so to speak, yeah. where some people just spread their wings and shine. So delegate, delegate, delegate. <laughs> yeah. I'm curious what else you've kind of learned personally as you've grown your business and, and what advice then you end up giving clients about how to really create teams because I think it's it's one thing to find a one-off resource right I need I've got a task or I've got a little project or I've got some part of my business I just need one person to kind of deal with it but really putting together a team that's going to work together collaboratively on you know an initiative you know is, is a whole nother challenge how, how have you kind of figured this out and then how have you worked with clients to help them figure out how to build teams virtually so there's two really big pieces here that I think are absolute game changers and the clients that have taken these paths have not been sorry, so to speak. Uh And the first is definitely having a right hand. Now, with businesses that are just starting out, it honestly could just be a VA, like an executive VA, a good, honest VA. And that person will have your back. They'll pick up the slack where needed. They'll, you know, really figure out your schedule or help with some marketing or whatever it is. Uh, So when starting out, it could be that lower level candidate. But as the company grows out, having a right hand, whether that's head of operations, COO, it changes things so much. Because again, as I said, 
finding someone high level that can complement your skills, that can challenge you, that can push you as a business owner to be better really changes everything. And I've had quite a few companies where once we bring on that head of operations or that COO person, that candidate, the rest of the things start falling into place. We work with the head of operations to bring on other positions. It's a game changer. So no matter what level you're at, finding that kind of helper, that right hand, somebody you can lean on uh, to help with the things that are just not working, that can keep you even accountable, honestly, which sometimes we need as well. It does change the game. So that's one thing. And the second thing that I always encourage, and it's a bit harder to do that from the beginning, but still, I think as soon as the company has grown quite a bit, or at least is ready to that, even the beginnings of scale, I think it's definitely a game changer. And it's so hard for a lot of entrepreneurs is hiring from the top down. That's a really big one. And I think it's something that it's a challenge because hiring from the top down means spending more money. But I always say invest up front for long-term gains, because if you hire a ton of VAs to do all these different positions, don't get me wrong, it still might work, but you will spend a lot of your own time, energy. So you are saving money, but you're still spending time and energy. You're spending different resources and things are taking longer and quality isn't the best. But when you're hiring actually candidates who are, you know, leaders who are already experienced, who have that, you're, yes, you're paying more money, but you're saving so many other more resources. And I feel like a lot of businesses don't realize that or are a bit afraid to take that leap because it isn't quite a bit of an investment upfront, but it definitely pays off and it's paid off for me. It's paid off Mm -hmm. for so many businesses and I 100% recommend that. Yeah, uh, I think that's always the challenge at many levels of a business is, is figuring out how to in, how to invest in long term while still still making money in the short term and, it, and that, uh, call it trade offs. I'm curious as you, as you've kind of you know worked in these these different markets or found resources in the different countries across the world, any interesting kind of trends or changes? I mean, I I know just personal experience in technology. You know, there's a lot of kind of effort in the beginning to kind of offshore work, and it was basically a labor arbitrage, right? Finding finding sort of cheap labor, and that shifted. Right, like labor costs change, Absolutely. you know, and then now it now it becomes a little bit different game. What have you seen in terms of either countries or areas of the world where the dynamics that you know the cost rates or the capabilities you know have changed over time? What are some of the trends you've noticed? Well, something that was really interesting when I entered the online space about three, four years well, four years ago now, everyone was hiring from Southeast Asia. This was yeah. the place to hire from. I mean, and before that, it was India was a really popular country to hire from and outsource uh, work to. Then it was the Philippines was really uh-huh. big on VAs and, and beyond. But honestly, in the last few years, as I was doing more and more recruitment from different countries, because we do a lot of leadership positions, we've actually found a lot of amazing success from Latin America. It's really changed the game for us. At Latin America, Caribbean, we've hired from those areas as well. You get candidates that uh, have the amazing English level, because obviously uh, United States is right there. A lot of people yeah. have family members are going to American schools. And so you'll have like native or close to native English, definitely you're saving quite a bit because it's not US pricing. You get the right time zone because a lot of companies, they struggle hiring people from, for example, Southeast Asia because of the time zone. And obviously having people work at night is a little bit, in my personal opinion, is a little bit too much. Some people do it. I'm a little bit against that. I feel like people should work normal, normal daytime (laughs) hours, honestly. 
Um, Something to circadian rhythms that make sense. Exactly, exactly. So I found that Latin America and the Caribbean have been absolutely amazing. And we found leadership, marketing managers, operation managers, hire like uh, HR staff. It's been quite incredible when hiring from that area. But something that has definitely, and I found super interesting, and I think a lot of companies will find that interesting is, and I mentioned this a little bit earlier, is that culturally speaking, we've become, there's such a globalization that has happened that no matter where you hire from, if people have already integrated into the online space, there's a very united culture. There's a very united sense and understanding of the software and and tech being used, the type of communication, the way emails should be written, the way the expectations around communication, how Slack should be used. I mean, there's all these little details, but when people have started working online and have been working for at least a few years, no matter where they are from, there is a common thread and a common understanding that brings us all together where it's so much easier to get somebody on board. They do understand. They've worked with a business that has hired remote staff. They understand the expectations. They're self-starters. They're independent. And they know that. They know that if they don't perform, it's not like in the office. You can't just, you know, oh, you see me. I'm working. Yeah, it's all yeah. good. They understand that nobody's seeing them. And so they have to deliver. They have to show results and they have to be proactive. Otherwise, they will be let go. Uh-huh. And people be all over the world being in this culture, it's like it is uniting. And so I would definitely recommend for a lot of companies out there to not be afraid to hire globally because we do have a uniting culture. There is a business culture throughout the world that is uniting us. And so it is a lot easier to hire inter- much like internationally, a lot easier than it was quite a few years ago. Yeah. yeah. And so if, if someone listening to this is thinking maybe they want to try this or, or see if they can find some talent, you know, remotely on an internet basis, what are some of the questions they should ask themselves or what's the process that you'd suggest they follow? I'd say first figuring out what the position is. So working on that vision, as I said, figuring out, okay, what it is that I need? What's the gap that needs to be filled? Doing some research, being able to, yeah, figure out like where to source the candidates. I always say research because what we think we need and what it actually is called, like the the vocabulary being used in the remote space is actually very different. So I always Uh say, just do a bit of research, figure out what it is the position actually is called, get an example. There's so many examples out there of job descriptions. Get a really good example. Pick out the right remote job boards. A lot of people do LinkedIn. I personally am not a huge fan. I know that mm-hmm. for some reason is really surprising to a lot of people. I always feel like LinkedIn is 80% of the work for 20% of the result. Yeah. Uh, there's so many incredible job boards. There's Dynamite Jobs, Upwork, AngelList, even Indeed. Honestly, there's so many even job boards that were not remote, going more remote and have yeah. more remote candidates and finding really which job boards are going to be the right fit. And then from there, once you've done uh, a little bit on that vision, figuring out who you need, figure out where to look for identifying. And this is something that really throws people off, but figuring out and identifying what are the keys of success, right? So who will be successful? What are the requirements for this role? What are the soft skills? A little bit what we talked about earlier, but really identifying those things and then creating a system. And this could be honestly three, four or five step system. I mean, for us, it's a questionnaire, a skill test, a video, uh, mm-hmm. an interview, a reference tracks, having some sort of system that works for you and integrating those requirements, whether those soft skills process and really being able to put in the time upfront. And I can't say this enough. When you invest upfront, the time, the resources, the energy, yeah. it will pay off in the long term. So I definitely say there's going to be quite a bit of time that needs to be put into this, quite a bit of research and investment. 
but it will pay off in the long term, 100%. The payoff yeah. will be there if, if the time is spent. Yeah, it's interesting. You mentioned some of the strategies. One, one thing that I found that a strategy that's worked quite well for me is when I have a task, you know, like editing this podcast or, you know, doing reports or I have some client that needs something. And I've, I know it's going to be several months of work and the timing is pretty key. What I will do is I will find, you know, five, six, seven, eight candidates mm-hmm. and actually give them all the same task at the same time. <laughs> and, that's a great give them one. a week to complete it and do kind of a horse race. Because I find that what happens, sometimes you have to go through a couple of candidates to figure out really the best one is. And if I do them sequentially, it just takes too long. It takes several weeks to kind of, okay, that one Mm -hmm. didn't work out. I got to go back to the market. And I'd rather find, you know, five, six, seven, eight, and actually give them all at the same time. And then within a week, I kind of know which is the best one, who's going to be most successful, and then contract them for long term. But I find that kind of being willing to experiment quickly and iterate quickly is, is a great way to really kind of make sure that you're getting the best person. I agree. I definitely agree that that works if you're looking for like quick jobs or if it's not a crucial position. I would challenge anyone who's looking for leadership if they did that. That's where I'm a little bit concerned. So when you're hiring Uh like a video editor, we've done the same thing. We've found a few amazing candidates on Upwork, sent them the video, did a paid test project across three, four Uh applications, found some great fit and it's not a problem. When it's not like a life-changing or crucial uh, business-changing position, 100% agree with you. But if you're hiring for your head of operations, that is where, you know, I think investing a bit more time is definitely important. So I think when I said about the time investments, it's more related to key uh, positions in the business for sure. Yeah. That's great. And if people want to find out more about you, about the business, what's the best way to get that information? On my website, letsremotivate.com. They can get in touch with uh, with me and book a call there or just learn more information about what we do. Or on my LinkedIn, which will hopefully be linked in this episode because people cannot, yeah, I'm not going to even try (laughs) to pronounce that, my name. That's great. I'll make sure the links are in the show notes so people can get that information. Anna, thank you so much for taking the time today. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely, Bruce. It was a pleasure for me as well. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. Be sure to subscribe using your favorite podcast app so you don't miss our future episodes. See you next time. You've been listening to Scaling Up Services with business coach Bruce Eckfeldt. To find a full list of podcast episodes, download the tools and worksheets, and access other great content, visit the website at scalingupservices.com. And don't forget to sign up for the free newsletter at scalingupservices.com slash newsletter. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.